Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. This is Wade here in the podcast studio, joined by my dear friend and erstwhile colleague, <laughs> the Reverend Professor Jason Oakland. Much to your chagrin. Yeah, Michael is unable to join us today. We are sadly, I'll say sadly, we are recording without him, yes. um, but we're happy for the opportunity to get together and talk some theology. Today we're going to be talking about prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done stuff touching on prayer, but I don't know that we've just done just prayer. Right. Ever. Yeah. And uh, Jason was telling me he's never even prayed in his life. <laughs> right. He this didn't be realize brand we were supposed to be doing this. <laughs> completely brand new to me. Yeah. So uh, we're going to be talking prayer. Uh, what is it? Uh, kind of what's the Lutheran view of it? What does it do? Why do we do it? Um, how does it fit in the Christian life? Stuff like that. Um, we've mentioned in previous podcasts, but would point your attention to the 1517 Podcasting Network as we have a new podcast that has dropped. I think that's what the kids say. I think so. It's dropped. Remember when we used to say, uh, drop it like it's hot? Oh, I remember that. That, yes. that wasn't about podcasts, though, was it? Probably not. I think that was about uh, shaking what your mama gave you. Probably, yep. Yeah, so that's a different thing, I think. Um, but new podcast that has dropped the Faith and Reason Exchange. Uh, go down to the show notes. You can find a link where you can find out more. Um, Dr. Anderson and Dr. Francisco, I believe that's the two that are doing that, should be good. They are fun people to listen to um, about apologetics and about the role of faith and reason. And so I think that you will benefit if you're someone who, uh, let's say once in a while you meet someone who's not a Christian and maybe has questions about the faith, maybe even struggles with understanding some things, I think it will be a worthwhile venture for you to check that out. I can go to 1517.org. Lots of good stuff there. Uh, regular devotions posted every day. Free academy courses. Adam Francisco just did one of those. I just sent in a devotion. It had been a while. I just sent in a devotion again the other day. Um, so maybe that will pop up at some point if they if they think it worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I encourage you to go to 1517.org. Check all that out. Um, I would plug... I will mention, I won't get a chance to produce this before we do this tonight, but I think it might be on St. John McGuanagall's YouTube channel afterwards. Oh, yeah. And so uh, people can go back and watch it there if they want. We'll have to remember to uh, to drop a link Yes. on the Facebook and the, uh, I'm not going to say the letter. I'm going to go, and Twitter. Gotcha. And on our uh Twitter account will be talking about Jason and I tag teaming it, which means I'll be doing most of the work. <laughs> uh, our trip to Rome. I'll just be looking good. Yeah, the good, the bad, and the beautiful. And Jason came over to my house and watched me do most of the work. Yeah. Putting this together, yeah. the slides. I will say he was he was somewhat helpful. Tried to. And be. I provided him with an authentic Italian experience it as was. we it enjoyed was very some peroni, peroni and some. Uh, I say the other thing, I always say it wrong. Limoncello. Limoncello. It's tasty. Which I got from Discount. I, that was quality, I thought. Yeah. Not that a sponsor a, of the show yet, but... Uh. Yeah, but if the industry <laughs> is looking to break in with the Lutherans... Right, yeah. We might be the, the place to jump in. I uh, also would mention, as I'm sure we'll mention tonight, uh, in McGuanago as we present it, uh, 
we are going to be leading an 11-day Germany tour. So if the Rome sounds fun, you can go with us to Germany. Uh, experience the Cradle of the Reformation May 13th through 23rd, 2024. There are still spots available. We have enough to make a go of it, and we've got a good group. It should be a fun group, but we'd mm -hmm. have to lo love to have a few more sign up. You can go to letthebirdfly.com, go on the menu, <coughs> Germany Trip 2024. All the information is there. Everything you would need for registering is there as well. If you sign up by September 13th, you do get a discount on that trip. Feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions about it. Podcast at letthebirdfly.com. Or first name dot last name at wlc.edu. <clears throat> Jason is his first name. Oakland is his last name. You know my name, of course, if you've listened before. <laughs> it's Wade, last name Johnston. I also encourage you to check that out, Jason. Would you be so kind as to give us our disclaimer as we make our way to the main topic? This show doesn't speak for our churches, our church bodies, or our employers, to be honest, much of the time. It probably doesn't speak for us. We will be thinking out loud a lot. So approach what you hear with a healthy skepticism because, well, as a responsible resident of planet Earth, that's probably what you should generally do with almost everything. If you find yourself getting too worked up, tune out, look around, and realize you were just listening to a podcast. That's right, a podcast. So go live free, friends, and don't let us get in the way. Did an alright job with that, Jason. Yeah, been a little bit. I see you wearing your uh, blue shirt again. I am, yeah. It's driving for power. Day off, though. I, I, I didn't know if it rotates, but uh -huh. yeah. And that brings us to our main topic we won't have a free-for-all today i feel like it's just not a free-for-all if there's no mic right there's there was a long history of free-for-alls before mike but i think they he just he took them to the next level the animal fight talking <laughs> about canada and it's just not the same right doing it without him exactly if he were here i was going to ask him who's going to end up with the worst record the cardinals or the tigers Ooh. tigers have the better record right now but they've got a very tough end of the year schedule and AJ, AJ Hinch seems like committed to playing <laughs> guys who have batted 120 all year. Ah, uh, yeah. Over, given the um, the bold move, the the young guys now. Yep. A shot. Yeah. So we will see. I did get to go down to Chicago. Yeah. With Ziggy, and we saw Miguel, Miguel Cabrera's last game. But guess what Hinch did? He sat him because he had gone four or five the night before. I mean, you can't have that on the field. But we did get to see the ceremony before. But I'm gonna go ahead and say. My Tigers end up a little better than his Cardinals. Yeah. But we'll, we'll wait and see. Yeah. I don't want to be braggadocious. <laughs> right. But. Yep. Still still quite a bit of baseball to play. So Indeed. Yeah. All right. Let's talk some prayer, Jason. And what I'd like to start off by doing, here's what I want to do. Now, not all our listeners have to be, have to be Lutheran. Mm -hmm. In fact, we like when, when they're not. We like having non-Lutheran uh, listeners. We're surrounded by Lutherans. We're sick of them. <laughs> It's, it's nice to, to get some, uh, some right. non-Lutherans in the orbit. Um, I'm Lutheran. Mm -hmm. Jason is Lutheran-ish, Yeah, I yep. would say. Right. It varies by the day. Right. It's yep. very fickle with his Lutheranism. <laughs> very, yes. But what I would like to do, because I think um, Lutheranism approaches prayer in a way different from many other uh, Christian traditions, if we want to use the nice word, confessions denominations um, and I think it's helpful to understand 
how our confessions frame prayer, and then we can talk about prayer and practice. What it is, what it does, how it forms you. Is that, is that fair, Jason? That sounds good, yeah. Okay. Sounds good. So in Lutheran Confessions, I inherited Lutheran Confessions, Theology 411. I'm very excited about that. I'm going to be sharing it with Jason, mm-hmm. which is okay. Yeah. Because he should read them once. <laughs> yeah, at least once. Yeah. Uh, but we're going. We just got into the, into the catechisms. We're doing a small catechism. Talking a lot with the students. Uh, Luther is not coming up with new stuff here. He didn't write the Lord's Prayer. He didn't write the Creed. He didn't write the words of institution for the sacraments. Uh, he didn't write the Ten Commandments. Um, but talking with them about the way he did choose to order the catechism, there had been catechisms before Luther's catechisms, um, ordered various ways, even things like the creed broken up in various ways. Some people would look at it having 12 parts. Mm. Luther takes three, which is both Trinitarian and it's the Christian life. God creates, he redeems, he preserves. Um, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. All that's great. Um, But talking about the order of how he orders it, sometimes people will ask, and it's a good question, why is the Ten Commandments first? Mm. The Lutherans, they were evangelicals. Yeah. They were gospel people. Why are the Ten Commandments first? And, and there's a number of reasons that could be given for that, but I think one of the most important is, well, Luther's describing the Christian experience. This is how we come to know God. Uh, we start dead in our trespasses and sins. Um, we start having to be made aware of our great need. We kind of know it by nature, but not how great it is. right? And so these commandments reveal they reveal our sin. Um, now, they don't only do that. Th- these commandments are also how Christians uh, serve their neighbor. Yep. Right? And, and it's how they know what God's will uh, is for their life and for their, their neighbor's life. Um, but the Ten Commandments, they're, uh, they're revealed by God to Moses, but most of them we couldn't figure it out already because they're written on our hearts. Mm-hmm. with the exception of the Sabbath day and the, the third commandment. And, and maybe coveting. Yeah. Um, but Luther argues, you know, mostly these, we could figure them out from natural law and how a Christian should regard Moses. Um, well, we start with the commandments and we, we come to learn our need. And then we get the creed. Well, here is what God does and what does God do? And this is just a joy to go through with students. All three articles uh, confess that God gives, right? That the primary orientation in the creed section is God to us. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, he creates, he gives all that we need for body and life. He cares about our body. And so we'll pray about daily bread. Um, he cares about our soul. Um, he redeems, he became one of us. He preserves in faith, strengthens faith. All these are good and, and wonderful things. And I apologize for the AC in the background. I hear it coming through a little bit. It has been oppressively warm this week, and so the third floor is, yep. it's just been baking. Should be relief tomorrow, but we're not yeah. there yet. Um, and we're too fat. Yeah, yeah. To turn it off. Right. And not suffer. Yep. And the great Western virtue in our day is not suffering. <laughs> and we are go. products of, yep. of the West. Well, we get the creed, now God gives. Well, what happens now, then we get the Lord's Prayer, we get prayer. The Lord's Prayer is a model for prayer, but it's not only a model for prayer, right? Um, Christ is teaching with what he does there. That's why when someone prays the Lord's Prayer, you need not always just bust that bad boy out as quick as you can. Mm-hmm. 
I remember going to Cedar Point in high school because after prom, you would go to Cedar Point, which is an amusement park in Ohio. That's the bad part about it. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm not a go-on-roller-coasters guy, whatever, but I get convinced to go on a few, um, and especially when I was still Catholic. I could bust out Hail Marys and Lord's Prayer while you, real quick while you're going up that thing. <laughs> right, yeah. I could say like 50 of them. Boom. Yep. Now, there's nothing wrong with saying the Lord's Prayer straight through, but it is also teaching. There's something to stopping with the petitions as Luther has us do in the catechism deliberately. And then pondering, mm-hmm. meditating on what is being taught there, and then learning to ask for those things. I'm going to... I'm going to venture, I'm gonna venture a, a bold statement here, Jason, and I would like you to react to it. Okay. Okay. Luther's placement of the Lord's Prayer after the Ten Commandments and the Creed in the Catechisms. Right? I'm not messing up this as he places it right, after yep, those in the Catechisms. Yep. You are um, correct. Is the only place it makes sense for him to put it if he's ordering things as the Christian life is experienced. Mm-hmm. Because truly Christian prayer does two things, right? It asks of God to meet needs, and then it tells God what he's promised and done. Now, there's more it can do, but these are the two big things. And I would even venture to say, dare I say, Jason, that this is primarily what the Psalms do again and again. Sure. As well. Yeah. Um. And so we go to God in need, and not only spiritual need, um, although hopefully often spiritual need. Right. But then we also, we hold God to his promises, right? We tell him what he has done, not because he forgets, but because we do um, for our own good. And then I would throw in the third thing that prayer does, not what we're doing in prayer, but what prayer does to us is it forms us. It shapes us um, because prayer um, is breathing in the crucible that is life in a fallen world as a believer. Right? We're breathing in. Yep. Could you guys hear me breathe in? I heard it. I'm asthmatic, so that's the most I can breathe in. (laughs) (laughs) And I had too much coffee, so I have heartburn right now. (laughs) We breathe in God's promises, his deeds, his grace. We Breathe out our praise, our thanks, right? And this is the second commandment already, telling us to pray, telling us how to use God's name. And, so, and using God's own word, you know, the words that Jesus taught us exactly. to do that. Which, which isn't is, this great yeah. that Bonhoeffer says of this, that, yep. or Bonhoeffer says of this. Oh, excellent, um, umlaut. Thank you. Uh, it's, it was really bad, but I appreciate it. Thank <laughs> kindness. It, um that Christ takes the Psalms and he picks them up and he prays them and he gives them back to us now to pray with him. Mm-hmm. You know, isn't that marvelous? And then he gives us the Lord's Prayer, which he himself prays. What does he yeah. pray in Gethsemane? But let thy will, yeah. be, thy done. will be done. What does he pray on the cross? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The Lord's Prayer just keeps Sounds familiar. popping up. Yeah. And so where that is situated then, prayer, is for Lutherans, and I think this is important to understand if we're going to frame this as Lutherans, Prayer is not a means of grace. Mm -hmm. I do not earn God's favor. That is, he is not a friendly disposition to me because of my prayer. That would be work righteousness. Right. I do not earn salvation by prayer. I might pray for salvation, 
But God delivers it to me in the means of grace, in the word, preached, read, right? Shared in the mutual consolation of Christians, in baptism, in the Lord's Supper. So prayer is not a means of grace, but prayer is an integral part of the Christian life and the Christian experience. That it's not a means of grace does not mean that prayer is not effective. Right. In fact, the prayer of a righteous man who is righteous in only one way in the Bible, Jason, yeah. through through Christ, through right. Christ, is powerful and effective. Now, I threw a lot at you, and I, I mm-hmm. even I threw a dare I say in there. A dare I say, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and see this finger right here. Yeah. This finger is gonna hit mute. You know for how long? Oh. Until I want to say something. I don't. Yeah. I lack right. discipline. Yeah, I was gonna say I, it. I have it, to pray for it discipline. It varies greatly, but <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and mute, and you can react to anything I have ventured to say here, Jason. Yeah, I think uh, you you definitely covered a lot of ground. Um, I think maybe just to start kind of where you ended with that idea of, you know, prayer is not a means of grace. That that so so many other um, confessions, uh, y- you know, point to prayer as that this is this is a means to draw close to God. And and I think sometimes, you know, um, certainly as a Christian, as you're praying, you maybe feel as if you're um, close to God, but at the same time, you know, feelings can come and go and, and there is no specific promise attached to that in the way that the God has a specifically attached promises to other other things like the word or the sacraments, right? So, so I think that is a that is a key um, distinction that that's important to understand. Um, and you know, one other thing, as I was thinking, as you're talking about the ordering of the of the catechism and stuff like that, is um, sometimes I think the way that we most often experience the catechism in um, our North American Lutheran circles is that. You know, it's um, through a curriculum of instruction that is drug drug out over, you know, several weeks, months. Um, and, you know, you may be, st- whether you start with the creed or the commandments or whatever you start with, it may be, you know, um, you may start that in, you know, uh, at around Labor Day and you don't get to the prayer until, the Lord's Prayer until Easter or something like that. And unfortunately... Sometimes by then you're racing because we've, yeah. we've fallen behind in class. Yeah. Yep. And I think one of the ways that, you know, Luther conceived of that being used in a, in a bit of a different fashion is the, uh, that the catechism was meant to be, you know, prayed through in its entirety or read through it in its entirety. And that, that, you know, connecting part to part to part, like you were talking about the, the creed right into the, uh, or excuse me, the commandments right into the creed that then flows into the prayer. Uh, that that was in definitely um, not just that. Well, we need to put them in some kind of order, but you know the idea of this tells me my need, this tells me what God gives, and now this tells me reminds me of what I need to continually ask, and um, and that idea of um, you know also serves as not only a continuing reminder of my need, but also. Um, the good gifts that God gives and how, again, God meets our needs and then, and then some, right? Even beyond what we can, what we can hope or imagine. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of 
good stuff that you touched on there. And, and I think too, that, that formation element, um, is not, is one that we maybe don't often think of, yeah. but is, a uh, is definitely a, um, a thing that's worth pausing a bit about to say, you know, um, as you slow down, especially with the Lord's prayer, right. Um, and not just, you know, prayer as a concept, but as you slow down specifically with that model prayer, the prayer that Jesus taught us, um, the prayer that, you know, again, Jesus echoed himself uh, in, on multiple occasions and that you repeat as a Christian so often in so many different circumstances um, to, to pause on occasion and think about that and, and what, what each of those points is um, not just reminding you of, but, but you know, shaping, on, uh-huh. shaping you. You know, how is that, how is that God you know, working upon you to form you as, as his yeah. child, right? Living the, living that life, um, under the cross in this world. Yeah. So I'm going to, we're going to go to the formation in just a yeah. moment. I'm going to throw an illustration at you. Sure. For you to comment on. I do want to ask, when did fentanyl and the church end up on the whiteboard for oh, that episode is, ideas? <laughs> that is not my writing. So, um, is that, that Michael because that, of my chapel? That almost looks like, uh, yeah, that Michael must have added that. Because so. I talked about the Trank in chapel? You did, yeah. yeah I didn't call did. it that. I was very no, responsible. No, but, but that I'm, I'm curious what he has in mind with that. I have one that I want to add, too, that I have not gotten there yet. Okay. But, uh, but, yeah, I mentioned it to, to Mike one day, but uh, didn't get a chance to talk to you about it yet, so... Yeah, was the last guy to find out. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. All right, here's let's let's take something real quick. Sure. And then we'll dispense with it. Yeah. Prepared prayers versus mm. extemporaneous, spontaneous. Sometimes people will say, "From the heart," as if prepared prayers cannot be right from the heart. If that were the case, you could never pray scripture. Sure. From the heart. Um, which is better? Neither. That's yeah. my take. Yep. Um, which is most appropriate depends on the time and the setting. Yeah. Uh, but you'll notice in what we've just talked about with prayer that if it is rooted in the Christian experience like we're talking about, there's going to be times where you just can't wait to talk to God. And the words are there, and they're, they're, they're like bubbling out over out of your head. Mm-hmm. And you just have so much to say. But there's also going to be times where life has kicked you in the proverbial, <clears throat> you insert what, what you yep. want, whatever you don't want to be kicked whatever, in. Whatever is most sensitive, yeah. perhaps, to you. It's, it's got you there. Uh, and Paul talks about this in Romans 8, right, where yeah. we just don't know what to say. And sometimes the Spirit gives you the words in the moment. Sometimes you don't have the words, and the Spirit just intercedes for God as he always He's always busy. But sometimes the Spirit has given the church the words. Mm-hmm. Yep. And God in his wisdom has, has put words on a page um, to help you speak in those times. It's kind of like often if we're going through something, we sometimes find like inspiration from a quote. Yeah. Um, someone else captured that, and then there's power in that. We, we never in that situation go, you're institute. Your your inspirational quote is stupid. You should think of one yourself. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so there's definitely a, a place for both. If you find yourself, um, you've been a Christian for a long time and you still just can never put words together, 
then practice that and know that you may think you sound foolish, but God never thinks you sound foolish when you go to him in prayer. Yeah, I think that that's a that's a good thing to keep in mind. I, I mean, I think maybe the temptation for many among us is to downplay the, the prepared prayer mm-hmm. parts. Um, the, we uh, do both remember back in the day when a very well-meaning pastor who was a big fan of extemporaneous prayer accidentally prayed for the dead. Yeah. In a service, do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, that right. That was your vicar year. Yes, I know, yeah. And, I mean, it's, there There are, right. We I mean, by each other, so we both Yeah, right, yeah, we were in the, yeah. we were in the same circuit, so. Uh, yeah, it was, um, I mean, I think that's the, that's the caution, too. I want to, I'll, I'll touch on that, you know. Um, I think, man, I, during leading worship is, I, yep. I, I would be very, very hesitant to try to pray, um, Without a prepared, you don't go into the pulpit without an idea what you're. Yeah, well, I don't. Yeah, no. that doesn't mean I always have a manuscript, but I've I, thought about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, that that there's some preparation, and again, not that more than just a, oh, that's right, I got to pray for so and so. Yeah. Um, and again, part of that is for me because I know that know that I would never be able to do that and do it well. Uh, but you know, I think it's just yeah, you you open yourself up for some significant yeah. errors and uh, if i can in throw in there way. too screens and hymnals can be very helpful mm-hmm. and the words are up there but sometimes the pastor has the prepared prayer i will say it's okay and i'm not a fan of having to do these back and forth prayers all the time yeah right yeah i get that we love them in yeah. the wells but um when it's not one of those it's okay to just not look at the screen and close your book and trust the pastor to pray and listen yep. to that prayer and let it become yours. Sometimes we get so attached to the page. Yeah. I completely lose any sense. I may, now, the intention is I'm more participating because I'm waiting for my line. Mm-hmm. But that's very different. That's like the early stages of a play where they're just reading from yeah. the, I've yep. never been in a play, but but they're reading from the, the <laughs> script or whatever. That you Don't they call that reading or something? Or sure, yeah, yeah. Having yeah. a read or, yep. or <clears throat> I don't know. Um, yeah, it's okay for you. Part of it is to take, you can just let that become your prayer and imbibe it and right join in it. But yeah, go ahead. No, I, and and then I want to, I wanted to circle back about the prepared prayers thing, because I think what you were talking about is sometimes, um, you know, when, when you're, when you're struggling and maybe, maybe coming up with the words yourself is something that you, that you wrestle with, man, getting a, a couple of good resources, um, of, prayer books or whatever but one thing that i don't want to one of them is the hymnal that's exactly it is to say that especially if you're talking about you know times of the church year if you're talking about times of times of life oftentimes um you know start making making a note on you know get yourself a hymnal if you don't have one um make notes on your on your bulletin at church if if you know say man this was a really good one i want to i want to keep that one in mind you know um and don't be afraid to pull that thing out and, and use some of those prayers in your in your own prayer and, life. And That's you will find, if you pray those prepared prayers enough, the hymns, whatever, they eventually become ex- extemporaneous and spontaneous, yeah. spontaneous too. They'll make your way in very, they'll make their way in very fruitful ways. Yes, and you know, will um, circle back to your memory. I mean, they they start to become ingrained in your memory and circle back when mm-hmm. you don't even have the the text in front of you, but, you know, you're thinking of that. And so. this is this is part of what is special about the Protestant heritage. Yeah. Because I'm often, 
still drawn to much of what the Roman Catholic heritage has to offer. Mm-hmm. There's just beautiful, th- there's things, you know this. Sure, yeah. That we do that are not beautiful that could be. Yep. Because there's this, like, the Protestant simplicity. But Protestantism has produced some hymns. Yep. And we've taken some from the Catholics, too, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there's a reason if you go to Mass, the Missal will often have a number of Protestant hymns. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't just mean Lutheranism. Right. I mean, Protestantism um, has some wonderful poetry. And now, can I use my illustration springing off of this? Sure. I will preface it with a dare I say. Dare I say? <coughs> dare I listen? One of the ways we learned to pray when we were little, if we were raised in a Christian household, was we learned to, to pray to our parents. No. I don't mean pray to them idolatrous, idolatrously, but we offered petitions. We beseeched them. That's a, that's a word that needs to make a comeback. Beseeching? Beseech thee, yeah. Um, and that was, a, that was a big part of us learning. That was a big part of our worldview being shaped. Mm-hmm. It became a, a part that endures still today of who we are, what you went to your parents for, you know, so much of the environment plays in. Sure. Um, it was how you learned to speak. But it was also a big part of you growing in your relationship with your parents. Mm-hmm. Right? They were, they were much bigger and other when you were really little. Your dad was the strongest guy in the world. Right. And as you grow, um, with time, you, you, you actually do, you understand mom and dad better. We never understand them fully. I mean, that's, that's part of the hard part of life is um, only in heaven will we fully understand our parents. There's so much that even for our own good, right, that they keep within. And, and now as parents, we know that, right? Um, but that relationship is maybe a model for what happens with, with God as well. Well, we learn to speak. How do we learn to speak? Well, the scriptures, hymns, listening to fellow Christians. Um, we go through the process of learning what to ask for um, and learning to ask for it without shame. Mm-hmm. When we were little, we weren't ashamed that we needed help. Right. Right? That was a, a basic component of being little. And, and so prayer teaches us, which means sometimes God brings us to where we need to pray. Right. And no, no matter how embarrassing, you know, it might seem, you know, right? That yep. They were the people you were least embarrassed around, though. Oh, yeah, yep. right. They yep. were, that you could ask for these things. Yep. Um, and sometimes you didn't even have to say many words. Yep. They could read your disposition. Yep. Right? Um, and such is the relationship with God. Also, your parents didn't love you because you prayed to them, so to speak. They didn't love you because you asked them for things. They didn't go, oh, he, little, little Jason must really trust me that he's asking for his fifth PB&J. Yep. In fact, it may, it may have annoyed them on occasion when, yeah. you, were, when you were reaching out with persistence. And Jesus is almost kind of like that at one point. Like, he's, right. you don't have to babble like the pagans, okay? Right, yep, yep. Um, and yet you can babble like the pagans if you have to in the moment. Mm-hmm. And Jesus isn't going to turn you away. Um, but they didn't love you because you spoke to them. But you spoke to them because you loved them and because you trusted they loved you. Yeah, that's why you went to them. Yeah, and sometimes people who maybe didn't have a very good home life, maybe didn't have the best parents or 
one of their parents wasn't. A lot of times it's unfortunately the father and them. Jesus teaches us to pray our father, and this can be really difficult. And I will say, yeah. some of the best fathers I know had some really lousy fathers. Yeah. So God can work even there and makes phenomenal fathers through hardship. Yeah. Um, but you, when you were little, you, you, you beseeched them. You petitioned them because you trusted they loved you. And often you asked questions about things you didn't even quite know how to ask. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Yep. Um, sometimes you asked about things that were way more complex than you ever knew. Yep. Um, and sometimes they would just say, um, I'll tell you when you're older. Yeah. Um, but other times, you know, they would. Or they'd give you the half answer. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, so maybe you asked for that 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 sixth PB and J, even though your face was just, the, your little Jason face was covered yeah. with jelly and your fingers were sticky. And in you asking, maybe mom's going, man, we just finished the jelly. <laughs> I've got to go to the store. We live in a little town in Minnesota. We got to, this is going to be a drive. Yeah. We get paid on this day. Money's a little tight. And, but right for you, it was, it was trust. You were loved. Um, you love them. And you know what? If, if mom said, not now, you probably got over it. And I don't know, what did you go get instead? Licorice or something? Yeah, Jason. right. Yeah, right. probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but this, this is not a perfect analogy. But what I want to get at is I think when we're tempted to think of prayer as something that we have to do just right. Mm-hmm. Or as prayer that, as what's going to merit God's favor. We forget the image that Jesus uses for God when he teaches us to pray, which is Father. And Paul in Romans 8, Abba, Father. Yeah. We won't get all in that rabbit hole. Um, but maybe this helps us situate prayer for when it is. And just, again, think of how, I mean, so much of adolescence is learning where the boundaries are, of learning how to interact, mm-hmm. of learning how to use words, of learning how to interpret words, right? And prayer leads us to do that. Even when I pray, telling God his word and his promises, I'm learning to interpret those and to be interpreted yeah. by them, yeah. if that makes sense. I'm gonna, right. I'll throw it back to you now, Jason. I just said a lot, but, and I don't know, maybe PB&Js weren't your thing. <laughs> they, weren't, they weren't really, but uh, that's okay. That, that, it what was makes your, sense. What was your go-to little kid snack sandwich thing? Oh, man, I don't... Um, <sighs> Probably like we, falafel or something. Yeah, yeah, right. Because we had those in a like, small little Minnesota town. Now. Right. Um, I would say um, the if we had summer sausage, man, that was the that was the thing, the man. Summer sausage. Yep. Yeah. All right. Go ahead and, and react, Jason. And then um, I know uh, I have to teach it. Yeah. yeah. I have to teach. Well, you know, I, I have to. At, at, yeah. So yeah. I got to go in a bit. Yep. But I'll so. throw it to you. Anything you want to? No, I think um, go out there. That idea of parent and child is a good one and i mean jesus uses that too not just in the in the lord's prayer but you know that whole idea of saying as imperfect you're not going to give you a snake right i mean if you you know your kid asks for a for a fish he's not going to turn around and give you a snake instead right you could break um, that'd be a pretty good prank though <laughs> it that would was be. before youtube yeah. oh right yeah, yeah. yeah. now yeah. someone I, will do that right and be to like, try to oh, get views you know chasing up clout. my profile yeah, yeah. the um, but you know, as in both is imperfect in asking and imperfect in giving as we are as children and parents, um, you know, 
then he says, compare that with the perfect gifts and the perfect giver that is, you know, your heavenly father. And I mean, even if you have the best parent in the world, um, say, you know, they're still not going to be as, as much as they loved you, as much as they cared about you, as much as they've done for you. Um, you know what? God is even better. Right. And, and I think that that is encouragement, um, to, to, you know, be, to, to not be afraid to be that child, right. To be that, that, um, petitioning toddler of sorts, you know, while we, um, this is the great irony. Yeah. While we're maturing in the faith, yeah. we, when it comes to prayer, are often becoming more childlike, yeah. which right. Jesus says, unless you believe like a little right. child. Yeah. And, and so this is counterintuitive. Yeah. At, right. That whole idea of saying, you know, sometimes, you know, those best prayers are when it's, you know, coming completely empty handed, yep. right. And completely, um, empty of myself because I am dependent entirely upon what, what God is going to give, how God is going to meet the need that I have. Um, Pastor Lyon, I think did a nice job with that in yeah, his, today. his chapel today on Samson, right. Yep. The, the, the prayer at the end, which, you know, Samson's got some issues, certainly, um, you know, mm-hmm. throughout his life, but you know the fact that he has moved finally to say, "Look, I got nothing left." But and you can Google Wisconsin Lutheran College campus yeah. ministry. Yeah, and you go there, and uh, the chapels are archived. So, yeah, um, what is today, September sixth? Yeah, I thought I thought Pastor Lyon really did a good job with that. Yeah, uh, which is not a not an easy text either. Right. Yeah, so and and in that connection, when I when I say to become more childlike as we mature, or should I say mature, mature, um. I don't mean that we don't grow in learning what to ask for. Right. What I don't pray nearly as much for PB and J sandwiches now. Right. As maybe I I would have when I were younger. I always just had peanut butter. I didn't like the jelly. Because because your tastes have matured now to falafel. Right. To falafel. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I don't mean that there's no growth in that. But what I mean is to pray like a child. Mm-hmm. Is to grow in that simple trust. And you know what? Even as an adult, it's not wrong to pray for your PB&J. Right. I mean, that's the other thing of what what comes before the Lord's Prayer is the creed. And the first article, Luther's explanation, is so wonderful. I mean, in, in all of Christian history, it's probably one of the more um, splendid commentaries on the first article of the creed, on God as creator and us as creature and the dependence we can have on him. And how exhaustive isn't he in the, the small and large catechisms with all that God gives us? And nothing's beneath. So I don't mean we become mature and that we can't pray for PB&Js. Right. But maybe we become more cognizant of our neighbor in prayer. Yeah. What, maybe we become more aware of our most pressing needs yeah. in prayer. Um, um, maybe, but, I have, maybe I have bigger issues than just yeah. another PB&J. But with childlike trust. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because you know, I could probably I could probably skip a PB and J and be okay myself. You know, yeah. um, when um when we telegrammed about this episode, and so I said, "How about prayer for a topic?" I said, "How about prayer?" And Jason replied, "That works," and I replied, "I would hope so. <laughs> it bears God's promise." Right. right. Um, yeah. Maybe we can just briefly hit on, and then we'll we'll wrap up prayer being effective. I think um, kind of like a simple, an easy dig at prayer that people will try to make is like, so you're saying like God changes his mind because you pray. Yeah. Or um, 
what if people are praying, what if you're praying for the Vikings to win and I'm praying for the Lions to win? Um, when we're talking about prayer, and I think here again that that formative is important to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Most of the things that you prayed to your parents for were things they were going to do already. Yeah, they were going to feed you. Yeah, they were going to clothe you. When little Jason sold his diaper, they weren't going to leave you to wallow in your filth. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they were going to protect you when you thought there was the monster. Yep. Under your bed, that it turned out was just your younger brother who's bigger than you. <laughs> um, right. Yep. The uh, most of the things we prayed for, they were already going to do. And they knew we needed. But they yeah. still wanted us to ask, right? Yep. Yep. For our own good. Um, will it change God's mind? Well, God knows all things. And if he foreknows them, then they have to happen that way. But he also says it is powerful and effective. They are not nothing. Right. God does respond to prayer. Um, when people, you know, have that, that they wrestle with, I, I always want to encourage them. Read Luther's Bondage of the Will, and when you've got it all down, then tell me what you think the answer is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> to get into the mind of God is something we're not called to do. Right. Um, in fact, we're maybe called to um, be content with the opposite, right. right? To not being able to get at everything. And that's part of what prayer teaches us. Yeah. Um, prayer is a reminder that I'm creature. And that objection, kind of that objection, well, how it, that's to want to be creator, it's to want to be in charge. I've asked for it. It has to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's no point asking for it because fate. God wants that conversation. God shapes you in that conversation. The, the prayers of Christians uphold this world. Um, and that is in accord with God's will. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Does God always am- answer every prayer with yes? No. The famous theologian Garth Brooks saying about this, that he sometimes thanks God for unanswered prayers. Well, that prayer in that song was answered. It was just a no, and then he meets the other girl. Right, Right. yeah. And then things are are better. Um, And I I think, you know, some of that too is like prayer being effective, does that always mean that you get what you pray for. Exactly. That That's not the same thing, right? It always is doing something. Right, it's always doing something. And maybe sometimes the effect the effective is the the interior or internal exactly. formation part of yep. of you in that you know shaping you um, in that understanding of some of those things that you were just talking about. So yep. I, so I think that's that's just one thing about effective means doesn't mean that that means I get everything <laughs> I pray for and and if it's not then if that doesn't happen then clearly that's not effective. And no parent would be a good parent if they answered every request of the child. Right. No king would have been a good king if every petition was answered with whatever the petitioner asked for. And yet a good king and a good child and a good God wants what's best for his subject. Um, And that relationship, right, Mm -hmm. um, grows through the interaction. Yeah. Okay, we're getting about time to close. I would like to leave with... um, one of my favorite uh, sections on prayer from the Psalms. Uh, so this is David, I believe. We've got to hold on to what we've got. It doesn't make a difference if we're ready or not. We've got each other, and that's a lot for love. We'll give it a shot. Whoa. Do you remember the Psalm? 
Halfway there. We're halfway there. Whoa, oh. Living on a prayer. Take my hand. We'll make it, I swear. Whoa, oh. Living on a prayer. Living on a prayer. <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, that was from um, when David attended the concert <laughs> and got backstage passes. And, and I, <laughs> I, I joke there. Um, yeah. That is Bon Jovi. Yes. Uh, John Bon Jovi. The, uh, the, the second evangelist, John of New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Philadelphia. Uh, he might be from Philadelphia. Yeah, maybe. I think New Jersey is Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, yep, right, yep. But um, but there is something to uh, what is happening in that song. In a Christian sense, we do hold on. What prayer does is it holds on to the word and promises of God. And it holds God to it. One of my, my favorite parts of Scripture is the woman comes, and Syrophoenician woman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Canaanite woman, and... Jesus says it's not right to take the children's food and give it to the dogs. And she says, well, I'll be a dog if I get your crumbs. Yep. Right? And, uh, and Jesus delights because she caught him in his word. God wants to be caught there. And so to live on a prayer is to live in the word and by the word and promises of God. And then we learn throughout life to talk about him with God. And sometimes there's not a specific promise of God for the situation you're in, but there's the general promise that God is mercy and grace and love and his disposition to you is a friendly one as the crucifix um, bears testimony. So we, we talked a lot about prayer. This wasn't a how-to. Right. Right? Um, but I think hopefully we've oriented it a bit and maybe gave a, a little catechetical expl- explanation of, of how it fits. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I hope maybe this encourages you to go ahead and stumble and mumble a bit hmm. um, to right. m- maybe find that prayer book, yep. bust it out. Maybe if you're being super ambitious, uh, get the Psalter, yeah. turn in your Bible to the Psalms. Um, but to know that your God knows your every need and yet he delights when you like or, a child. Or pick up Bon Jovi on occasion. Yeah, or Bon Jovi. <laughs> delights when you as a child go to him and trust in him. Um, and he shapes you by it, for your good, for the good of your neighbor, for the good of the church. Um, and so we rejoice in that this is where, if it weren't copyrighted, I would play some Bon Jovi. Right. But then I would have to erase 40 seconds. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not doing that again. Right, yeah. So yeah. just imagine it's playing right now. I can hear it. Okay? Yeah. And with that in mind, I hope you all will have a great day. And let the bird fly. What if I like played it during this? Would that throw off the yeah, I don't know, algorithm? Maybe. The share copyright shares. Hard to hard to say. We gotta get a libertarian on here that like you know some right. will argue that copyright should be illegal. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, if only we if only we knew a, knew a libertarian. They lost those forty seconds last episode, and I was yeah, I was enjoying that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not drunk. Yeah. You remember what it was? Yes, I do. Yeah. We can say since it didn't get dinged. Right, it was yeah. Olivia Newton John. Yeah. Let's get physical. Yeah. Which even Michael laughed at. Yeah, right. He's about the physicality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>